0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: On this Friday edition of the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, we dive deep into the Cleveland Browns on Bi-Week with the man himself, Tony Grossi long-time analyst from ESPN Cleveland, and give you the fantasy football and NFL betting info you need with Steffi Smalls. That's coming up right now. Turn up
0: your volume. volume.
2: Because you're about to listen to The The Sick 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 Podcast
1: with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Oh, cut
2: back by Chubb. He's to the 10.
1: He's still running to the five.
2: He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. sick.
1: sick, sick.
2: With the Browns being at three and five, with them having so much unknown, are they still in the race? Aren't they? Deshaun Watson come back. I had to go. To the man i had to go to the source to the general of the hundred years war and that man is tony grossi from espn cleveland who's been covering the Browns since 1984 and does a great job every single day for ESPN cleveland and on the land on the man general mr grossi how are you
1: uh, pretty good andy thanks for having me
2: absolutely well hey thank you for for coming on and this is a time that the team reflects and andrew barry the general manager said uh you know obviously they uh, address their situations, and everybody's studying film. So for fans, it's also a time for us to reflect. And I think Tony, for me, through the first eight games, the two words that pop to mind are missed opportunities. Because really, Tony, if you look at this team, uh, should should have five. The record should at least be the other way around, don't you think?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, you know, had, even if they had just beaten um, Baltimore two two weeks ago. That Cincinnati game would have been for first place in the AFC North, and the Browns trounced the Bengals. So um, they have a lot of catching up to do now. I mean, they, they could have controlled things uh, with their undefeated record in the, in the division. As it is, they're two and 2-1, and Baltimore's kind of gained some separation. So they're not out of it, but uh, they got a steep hill to climb exactly in
2: baltimore the schedule on paper is uh, one of the easiest in the whole league so that's not good the bengals we know hey it's eerily similar to a year ago tony where the browns trounced them at denzel at that 99 yard pick six then they that flipped the switch and they went on to the super bowl steelers seem like they're an afterthought but it's still in that sense for the browns where okay you're three and five you still have a ways till Deshaun watson comes back do you think they can tread water with their schedule coming to stay in this thing until Watson comes back?
1: Well, Jacoby Bursett has three more games to play Miami, uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Um, and <clears throat> only the Tampa game is, is in Cleveland. I, I don't think that matters too much. Um, yeah. If he could win two of them, they'd be in great shape. Uh, winning one keeps them still in it, but puts a lot of pressure on Watson to uh, You know, I'll virtually go five and one uh, for them to have any chance. And they will definitely have to win their three remaining division games. And the problem with the Cincinnati game is uh, they look look done, you know, especially after losing their cornerback. And Cleveland needs them not to be done because they play Baltimore in that final game of the year that, you know, it could come down to something like that. Because I think the only way the Browns make the playoffs is by winning the division. And they can do it, but they're going to need help now from Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. In conversation with Tony Grossi from ESPN Cleveland
2: and the land on demand.com on Twitter at Tony Grossi and Tony, yeah, you said it, and you've been a big proponent with your articles um, on the land on demand of in this division with how close things are and that there's no real juggernaut winning the division at, and against your divisional opponents is so important. And the Browns have have done that pretty well so far, yeah. but that continues to add up. And it's it's a case, again, where you look at it, yeah, the Baltimore game should have happened. Um, Pittsburgh looks like it's – you know, their uh, quarterback situations all up and down. And you look back to the Jets game and the Falcons, and even though that's not the division, boy, if you had
1: those two with their division record, yeah. it just comes
2: down to the in-game management, right?
1: Yeah, well, the Jets game was an all-time uh, – just – uh, instant classic uh, uh terrible game 13 yeah. points in a minute 33 or whatever it was yeah. um yeah so uh, i mean that's <clears throat> that's what losing that game and that's what losing the, um uh, you know the new england trounced them but the falcons game as you said was was also another winnable game and that's five and three there if they win those two games and they're in good shape with five and three and two and one in the division so So they're going to have to need a lot of help now. It's still doable, but um, uh, there's no room for error now for them. Right. And
2: we talk about Deshaun Watson, and you've written about it, and I'm in total agreement and of the same mindset. We can't just expect Deshaun Watson without playing in what, by the time he's at 700 days, two years, whatever number it is, to say, hey, uh, oh, yeah, I'm the same guy I was two years ago. In the preseason, we saw there is plenty of rust to shake off. So you could be at a point where you're ready to strike, but Deshaun Watson isn't, and so it's not just he's not just going to come like an angel from the sky and save this season.
1: Uh, no, fortunately for him, uh, or maybe uh, it's unfortunate to go back to Houston, but that's a very beatable team. In yeah. His first game, uh, and then then you got to ramp up quickly for his three division games. You know he gets to play each of the three teams in the division. And then they also have Washington uh, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, so um, it, it you know he's got to he's got to you know give him one game to get ready, and they should be able to beat Houston with Watson not at his best. But he's got to be at his best very quickly after that, right? And we'll we'll see then. But even
2: coming out of this by going to Miami, Tony, we've all been screaming it. You know, their shirts about run the damn ball and <laughs> in Cincinnati. He did sort of, you know, he still had a weird gadget play with Amari Cooper and you know, whatever. But you ran it. And I started thinking, OK, that's what they did in week one that it worked. I, I like what's your confidence level in Stefanski that he will continue to do that where we've seen quite often some of the decision making is baffling. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Andy, I don't have confidence that he will continue to do it. That's the Mm -hmm. problem, especially when Watson comes back. I think it would be like a, you know, a new toy under the Christmas tree for him. (laughs) And they didn't sign him for $230 million to have him hand off. That's why I think there's a conflict between what they really are and what they want to be. And what they want to be is they want to use this quarterback and, and, uh, uh, to throw the ball. And, and and I think it's the wrong way to go, but you know, they made the investment in him and I don't think they're going to use them to hand off. So that's a conflict that remains to be seen how they're going to resolve it. But if they played like they did very physical, like they did against Cincinnati, they could beat anybody. Yeah. And the key, but I mean, that's just the offense though, that, you know, I think the key to where they're going is the defense. If the defense continues to be, they've had two good games in a row Baltimore and Cincinnati and they're already tied for sixth in the league in scoring, averaging twenty-five points a game. They don't need to score thirty a game, let's say, to, to you know to, to 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 make the playoffs. They need the defense to pick itself up, and they need the special teams to stop making stupid mistakes. So that's totally out of Watson's hands. If he just does what Jacoby Brissett's doing, I mean, point wise, they'll that, be fine. In conversation with Tony
2: Grossi from ESPN Cleveland and the land on uh, Tony, that's where I wanted to swing with you and look at this team at the bye week. Because offensively, yeah, Nick Chubb leads the league in rushing 841. We can make the argument. Uh, you might, should be maybe closer to a thousand already. But I want to focus on the defense and special teams with you. And you brought that up with the, the two good games. And we saw last year the Joe Woods defense as the year went on got better. Miles Garrett, fifth in the league in sacks right now at seven and a half and and just that spin move was filthy that was phenomenal um but we're seeing inconsist we're seeing the sloppy tackling the linebacker question and you brought this up quite a bit and i'm i'm with you the light speedy linebacker which is is cool analytics you know in a video game but in the big bad afc north uh, maybe a little bit of size that defense what steps do you feel they have to take coming out of this buy? what do they have to work on to try to be
1: more consistent like they have been the last two games? yeah well, um, I'd be fine if they kept Sione Takitaki as the middle linebacker. Yeah. Um, good. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, he he played because JOK, Jeremiah Owusu-Kuromoa did not play. They've already lost uh, Anthony Walker and, and Jacob Phillips. And and uh, the fact is, Takitaki is the biggest linebacker they have. He's not very big, but he's the biggest. And, and, and he's... One of the best tacklers, and and I think he made a big difference in that Cincinnati game. Now, what happens when JOK comes back? I, I think he goes back, you know, to his spot, and and uh, that's a vulnerability there when he's on the you know 220 pound linebacker. Uh, we saw Atlanta and New England just just key on him in the running game. So I don't know if the Browns would make the adjustment of, of keeping Taki Taki, you know, where he played. Or not. That's one of the things I'm looking at uh, to see when they go to Miami. Now Miami's not a team that runs the ball, so we're going to see their speedy little guys out there again, uh, running around to defend the pass. Uh, my my uh, concern is when uh, you know when they play an, a, a team capable of running the ball, how they adjust to that. Right, right, yeah. With, with those lighter backers and Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and company there,
2: uh, those lighter linebackers might serve well. The safety position has been a concern. And Grant Delpit was, you know, a bit of a goat and not the good kind a couple games ago. Uh, And it seems like all the talent coming in, the defense was supposed to be sort of the strength to to carry the offense a little bit under Jacoby Brissett. And it hasn't been that. But then the last two games, it sort of has at the safety position and having to overcome some of those injuries, especially the Denzel Ward with the concussion. um, Confidence level, your, your feel. Coming out of the bye from that safety spot.
1: Well, Delpit's been a big disappointment. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he was the missing link who going to really solidify the, the 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 defense, both in the run defense in the past, and and he's been a concern. Um, so, uh, you know, they're not going to replace him with Ronnie Harrison. They're just not going to. They, you know, Delpit's got to stay in position. Uh, one of the judgments they made in the Cincinnati game was having John Johnson call the defensive signals uh, because Deion Jones is new to the team. You know, it used to be Anthony Walker's job. Uh, Jacob Phillips couldn't do it. So if, if they just let John Johnson continue to uh, call the signals, I, I think that helps their communication and positioning everybody in place, you know, but you're right. Uh, Delta, the safety, I, I think John Johnson's been inconsistent, but he's had some good games. The Delpit, I haven't seen much out of him this year, but bad. Yeah, yeah. It's been
2: real, real disappointment with some of the hype coming out. He had the Achilles yeah. and coming back. Okay, let's finish, Tony, with the special teams, or as you guys call it on ESPN Cleveland, uh, the, the unspecial teams. Yeah. And, boy, uh, Cade York, that big old boot, it's trem- you know, gets that first win. Then you have a couple of block kicks. And even in the wind, you, you, another kick was blocked. But I feel like, at the very least, the quiet consistency of Cade York and the confidence might be coming back despite the blocks. Where are you at with that?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm really confident in him. I I think he's the least of the special team problems. Um, He and the punter have actually had outstanding years. I mean, Cade York's like in the top five and points scored among kickers. And and the the blocks were a problem and he had two misses prior to that. But I, I think... As a rookie kicker, a lot's been asked of him. He's, you know, the offense doesn't move in position far enough for those game-winning field goals. I mean, he's not going to make 61 and 58-yarders every game. He's yeah. not Justin Tucker just yet. So I think I think they're solid in place kicker and in punter. Everything else is bad. And, the, you know, the return game, fumbling, they're, they're uh, uh, giving up returns, uh, and, and blocking in, in front of the kicker has been suspect. So um, they're not going to get where they want to go unless all three phases of the team get solidified. And the special teams, I probably have the least amount of confidence in seeing that happen. And that has nothing to do with Cade York or the Horquez, the punter. Yeah, those two spots
2: are, uh, yeah, for fans, you don't have to worry about that. The return game, though, Tony. Everyone's going crazy over it, myself, include it since the rabbit, since Travis Benjamin, nothing. What uh, no. they can't, the Browns can never tackle tight ends, and they can't return okay. the damn ball. I don't know why. Well, Joakim Grant was supposed to be it, and yeah, now you're he, just back to nothing.
1: Yeah, he got he popped his Achilles in training camp, and that that was a big injury. That was a big yeah. pickup this year. He was going to, in the, in the words of Mike Prefer, for the special teams coach, he was going to transform the entire return game and uh we're backed to by committee and you know donovan peoples jones is, is probably the best they have and and, and he's not going to return it's just he's not going to put the ball on the ground like the others have yeah and, and the kick returns have been kind of inconsequential because there's so many touchbacks. touchbacks they're going to get jerome Ford, the rookie back after the break who who was handling kickoffs uh but that's not his specialty but he'll you know he'll be fine back there. What, what teams return one every six kickoffs now it seems. So that's right, not right. a huge part of the of the problem. The problem is everything else. You know, picking up a loose ball on a on a uh, onside kick and stuff oh. like that. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like
2: Tony for Browns fans. Uh, other teams have. Hey, I wonder if this even for the Jets like Barrios. I wonder if he's going to run it back. For the browns it's like i hope they don't drop the ball and the amount yeah. of face plants why do they keep falling like, yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't yeah.
1: get it i know it's wild it's, it's know. Absolutely wild. you know they tried they tried that uh uh that charlie uh uh rogers no not charlie uh, chester roger chester, chester rogers yeah and uh, he you know he Face planted and he muffed in the same game. And now he's out of the picture, even though he's still in the practice squad. They can't call him up. He's out of elevation. So it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones or, or Demetrik Felton. And they don't want to go back to Felton. No, no, ne- neither do I, Tony. Neither do yeah. I. Uh,
2: <laughs> so at this point uh, in the season, coming out of the bye, do you see any situation where there is some sort of either coaching change or play-calling change when it's Stefanski handing it off? Because really, Tony, what my vibe sort of is is that this is a, a, you can call it stubborn, you can call it conviction to their beliefs, but it doesn't seem like they're too apt to make quick changes. What do you think?
1: Oh, no. Um, You know, especially after listening to Andrew Berry on Tuesday, um, hearty endorsement to Kevin Stefanski as as both the head coach and the offensive play-caller. He feels he can manage the game. I don't see where the evidence is that he can call plays and still manage the game. I think they're they're terrible in situational uh, parts of the game. You know, uh, they did well against Cincinnati at the end of the first half. You know, to, to score that field goal and then to come and double dip to start the second half. But other than that game, they're terrible in those kinds of situations. But I don't see. Any coach getting fired, I've I've been insistent on that on our airwaves that nobody's going to get fired, and and the head coach is going to continue to call plays uh, and manage the game at the same time. Yeah, and it might not
2: be the best thing from our standpoint, but that's the way it is, and that's how it's going to continue, and and off we go. Tony, always a pleasure. Tell people where, and I I try to share as much of your stuff as possible. I read you every, every morning, love it. But tell people where they can hear you, find
1: you, and and get all your great info. Right. Well, uh, every day I'm on our uh, air on 8.50 a.m. WKNR ESPN Cleveland, usually at 10 a.m. and then later in the afternoon around uh, 4 or 5. And uh, all my writing is behind the the payroll of our subscription site, thelandondemand.com. I have two different podcasts. One is uh, the The Daily Grocery, which is always unlocked. And uh, also the 100 Years Pod once a week uh, about the upcoming opponent, which is behind the paywall. Yeah, and daily articles, fantastic info.
2: And, Tony, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of the bye week. Hopefully you get to have a, a couple rounds of golf or something in between.
1: <laughs> Already done, Andy. Thank you. Yes.
2: <laughs> <come>. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks there he is. Thank you so much. There he goes, Tony Grossi on Twitter, at Tony Grossi, ESPN Cleveland, Landon Demand.com. Uh, we're going to switch it up to some fantasy football and NFL betting in a moment. We want to get to a quick hashtag ask Andy question. You have your fantasy football questions, get them in hashtag ask Andy on Twitter at andymc 81 from at Rob Reinar, not the, not the famous producer Reiner uh, says week nine RB issues. Would love your thoughts on Rashad white or Damian Harris is Pacheco. Even in the conversation, hashtag ask Andy, Rob, the answer on Pacheco is no. No Pacheco. We don't want Pacheco. I also don't want really Rashad White. I know people are kind of, I'm I'm not seeing it from a consistent level. Right now, even though you have Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris and him can both eat. It's sort of like a lesser version of Chubb Hunt. They can both eat. So in your specific scenario, stick with Damian Harris. We'll get to a lot more fantasy football questions, NFL betting tips, with my next guest coming up in just a moment, Steffi Smalls from Champions Round. Big thank you to Tony Grossi from thelandondemand.com and ESPN Cleveland. Right, six teams on by, what are we gonna do? I got the answers for you on the betting side, on the fantasy side, and I'm gonna bring in Steph Smalls from Champions Round right now. Steph, how are you?
0: Good, how are you? It's Friday, we have a fun week of football coming up. My Giants are on by so I can take a deep breath for a little bit and
2: just enjoy some football i look we're in the same boat the browns are on by it's kind of weird right because i'm sure you're like me it comes up and friday hits you getting a little anxious and saturday you're a nervous wreck sunday you're like ah, i don't know and then it it, whatever happens happens
0: yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so at least this time we get to enjoy a little bit of uh football without the nerves here
2: yes and you know what this allows us to hone in for ourselves for the viewers on the fantasy and betting side, right? It really allows yeah. us to focus into the meat of this thing. So when we're looking, let's start on the on the betting side because there's some interesting lines this week. Um, and so we'll, we'll go through our favorite underdog, maybe an over-under spread type of deal. When you're looking at this week nine slate, what jumps out to you? And let's maybe start with the, one of your favorite picks.
0: Yeah, one of the teams that I am so intrigued with and I have been catching up, a- Little People are a little heated about this, but for some reason, these Atlanta Falcons keep winning games. They're going up against the Chargers, who have a horrific run D, and Atlanta's offense runs through the run, quite literally. They're ranking six in EPA per drive, and I think Staley is really holding back these Chargers. They're without weapons here, and Atlanta's just finding ways to win, and that's the difference between between good teams and bad teams, especially right now in the state of the league. So I kind of like that Falcons plus three. Um, I cannot see the Chargers going and lighting up the Falcons in the state that they're in, missing a lot of weapons. And and an Atlanta team that's pretty frisky here.
2: Well, and you mentioned missing a lot of weapons. Keenan Allen ruled out Mm -hmm. earlier today. Mike Williams out. Eckler should play, but he's got some of his abdomen or something. Mm -hmm. And so really now what you're looking at wide receiver-wise is josh palmer uh who i like but he's coming off a concussion and deandre carter and that's kind of it with eckler like i'm totally with you Staley's made some horrific decisions yeah. and they're losing in spite of themselves so that's an interesting especially on the road and even traditionally they're not a great road team
0: yeah, it's not, and they're just the, the Chargers are very conservative. This is a great, like, get right place for them. Absolutely. Um, but I like Atlanta until they start losing and proving they can't win games. There's something about this team that's just a little bit feisty. On paper, they really should not be winning the amount of games that they are, but they're figuring it out. They're finding a way kind of similar to teams like Seattle, which is actually proven to be a very good football team, but also like the Minnesota Vikings. It's coming down to one possession and they're still winning there. Uh, well, I don't like the the spread on that game at all. Um, I'm interested in this Falcons plus
2: three. Well, and, and look, the Falcons beat my Browns. Or should I say the Browns beat themselves earlier yes. in the year? That yeah. Ridiculous. You talk about bad coaching in-game decisions. <laughs> insanity. <laughs> <Quite> insanity. <laughs> but, but you know what? To your point, though, the Falcons, they are being coached well. And what they, mm-hmm. are they doing? And playing with a Marcus Mariota, who And I, I'm with you on your Seattle comparison, him and Geno Smith. They're playing loose and free. They got nothing yeah. to lose. Gino just one year out of being an analyst somewhere. Marcus Mariota is not far beyond. So they're playing loose, free. It, for Atlanta, they're saying, hey, Marcus, remember when you used to run the ball some in Oregon? Remember how fun that was? And they're doing some RPO. So they're getting creative and getting it done. So I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I like that with the Falcons. And, and you know what? Really, why not? Um, when you're looking at the an underdog play, because there's some that jump out to me a little bit. Uh, who do you like for an underdog?
0: Interesting here, I think if we're talking straight up, Seattle does obviously jump off the paper. feels a little bit Mm. trappy for me. Um, I'm too scared to take the Carolina-Cincinnati game is very, very interesting to me. I think the way I've decided to play this game is I like the over here. I like that over 42. I don't blame people that want to take the plus 7.5. I don't think that Cincinnati has proven that you should trust them. They're coming off a bad loss at home. A lot depends on that O-line. The play calling's been a little weird lately. They're a very physical defense, but Carolina's frisky right now. And and P.J. Walker, again, very much like these other guys you just named, he's got nothing to lose. He's going, yeah. he's playing, he's just going to play ball. Uh, running back Foreman's pretty good, putting a little bit of life back into this team. And I like their defense, you know, that kind of runs through Derek Brown and uh, Burns there. And I think Burns can apply pressure to Burrow that maybe gets this this game going. So I like this game to be pretty high scoring. Not sure if I'm uh, adventurous enough to take that plus seven and a half. I know a lot of people are on that this week, but um, I think the best for that game is probably to play the over.
2: The over is interesting. And look, if PJ Walker, if it doesn't work out, he's a former XFL MVP. He can go right back to up again. There you go. Exactly. exactly. Come on back, PJ. It's but no, he's playing good fantasy wise to tie that. And Chuba Hubbard will not play. So Dante Foreman, you can light him up. That's going to be a nice uh 2 uh, type of situation you can put him in there and so here's um, i i totally agree on the uh, taking the over the 42 and a half because things could get a little sloppy uh cincinnati's defense they got a couple defensive guys banged up as well i'm gonna say i'm one of the guys who is going to take the seven and the reason step is this last year the browns put the boots to the Bengals, which i always love that denzel ward 99 yard pick six this past monday they did it again Now, what happened last year after that game that flipped some sort of switch in Cincinnati and they went on their run to the Super Bowl. I think they still have the offensive pieces even without Jamar Chase. You're still stacked Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. So that's why I think if we're going off of what happened last year in a similar situation that they could take over.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. And I think that's why I do think going over that 42, like maybe I know my coworker is very in on, you know, the. Bengals scoring 30 plus points independently this game. So I, I think that that's why I'm so in on this total because I think this team ends up just all over each other.
1: Yeah.
2: And if it's sloppy, it's great. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, in conversation with uh, Steph Smalls on Twitter at Stephie Smalls, uh, doing a great job with at Champions Round. You can follow them on Twitter also. Okay. So we went the over under sort of underdog favorites. There's are a spread that jumps out. We talked about that Bengals one that might be a little, If he does any spread specifically, like, man, I know the Bills and Jets, 11 and a half. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, Steph, but whenever it hits that double digit in the NFL, I just get a little tentative.
0: Yeah, you're just like me. I think especially this late into the season, too. Like, those are, that's a lot of points. Even that Chiefs-Titans game for me is a little bit too many points there. Um, Last night, I had Houston that plus team because it was just too many points right now and especially in an NFL where a lot of teams are underperforming but I do think that the one team that isn't underperforming is the bills so I I do kind of lean towards the bills here I like them straight up I think that we saw what happened with the Packers a lot of people lost a lot of money there on that 10 and a half last week but my issue with with you know the other side of the ball there is Zach Wilson It's just so indecisive in the pocket and he's making seriously critical mistakes he's 30th out of 35 qbs in epa and i think that buffalo is just gonna put it on him so i actually i, I like the bills in this situation
2: the vision rival steph says yeah. stomp on the jets <laughs> goes buff stampede over the jets this is one game i want to stay completely away from rams and buccaneers yeah. Steph, i, oh,
1: yeah. I
2: just Like this, okay, uh, what, Bucks are three-point favorites, 42 and a half. These two teams, it is so crucial for each of these clubs right now. But you can't put a finger on why, at least to me, why we would be able to trust and say, oh, yeah, Tom Brady. I think we're getting beyond the point where it's like, eh, Tom will just figure it out. I, I, I think father time might be knocking.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And it's it's funny because they probably thought they were very witty putting this game together when they put the schedule together, yep. not knowing that both of these teams were going to come up as two of the biggest disappointments. I, the Rams are a bit, they are not a good football team right now. Uh, interesting. I lean Tampa Bay here. I think if you're looking at both sides, the O-line is probably what would hurt them there. But I don't know what's going on with either of these teams. Probably staying away from this game, if I had a lead, it would be towards Tampa Bay, but and probably lower scoring. I mean, these teams are not scoring a lot of points, both sloppy in a lot of ways. So it'll probably have to be Tampa Bay's defense that wins them this game, or maybe Brady finally figures it out, but uh, not an ex- super exciting game here.
2: No, and the problem is whenever in fantasy or in betting, Steph, when we have to keep saying – if this happens, or yes. if that, if there's too many ifs, you stay away. Yeah. Too many ifs, right. we don't want ifs. We, we want we want some clarity. Uh, one get, if I'm, and it's not a big, you know, money line or anything like that, but I think just a straight up win. I, I like the Jags over the Raiders. Yeah. Why, why am I not, why would I trust Derek Carr? And the biggest, you know what, Devontae Adams has been a singular, the biggest impact player negatively to the Packers, and non impact, not his fault, on the Raiders side, just affecting two teams so drastically. I can't, I, I don't want to trust the Raiders. Jaguars aren't great either, but I can at least see from their coaching a, an upward trajectory a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I loved when I did a underdog parlay. I put the Falcons and the Jags together. I don't know when you look at those games why you could tell me that either of those teams should be blowing out the other one. I don't trust the Raiders just as much as I don't like trust the Chargers right now. I definitely don't trust the Raiders coming off of getting blown out by the last week. So, uh, I'm with you there. I like the Jags straight up. Don't really like that I think it's is it still a one and a half, probably. Um, yeah, the Raiders are, I don't know what's going on over there. I think a lot of that is probably coaching because, again, like, you look at it on paper, Raiders should be better. Um, but I think a lot of people bet and they're thinking about last year or yep. you know, looking at a lot of trends where I think people are getting hurt this year because this is just, it's been a different season than we've seen in the past. So these trends aren't, aren't exactly true. There's some trends I like. Like, for example, I like the New England minus five and a half because – Coming down to these two teams, while well, I don't trust Mac Jones and I don't think, you know, last week they only, they won that game because of their defense and because Zach Wilson played the way that he played, but the Colts are kind of just trying to stay afloat. They bench Matt Ryan, then they fire their OC and it just, things are all over the place, but, and you know, what do we know? We know that Bill Belichick. He can beat rookie quarterbacks. This is Sam Ellinger. This is his second career start, so I like New England minus five and a half. Probably my favorite spread of the week. Um, I can't trust the Colts right now, while well, I like them. Um, I think that they're going to start. They got to start crumbling down soon, and I think we've already we've seen that start.
2: Yeah, that one really jumped out to me too, and not just Bill Belichick against uh, uh, rookie quarterbacks. Sixth round, and we're not talking Tom Brady. Sixth round, right. sixth round, twenty twenty one. Sam Ellinger. Like, he's – like, they're going to make him try to throw because he can run a little bit, so they'll pin him. Yeah. And then the Patriots can just run with their two stud running backs. Like, I think this is – probably, I'm with you, the safest line going. And, Ellinger, you know, you might – fantasy-wise, I think you still play Pittman, you know, because he's going to okay. volume. But other than that, um, you know what, for the Colts, actually, we should say with Jonathan Taylor out, what are you thinking about some Deion Jackson? I know we were tweeting about that earlier. A little DJ yeah. on the bye. Let's go.
0: I like Deion – Jackson, rest of the season, my worry with this week is he has a very tough matchup. New England does not give up a lot of points to fantasy running backs. Um, Will the volume be there where he will still have? I don't know that you can confidently say he's going to get you a ton of points, which I think it's being kind of embellished that he's this like darling right now. Where That probably is the case the rest of the season because of the situation he's in. But this week, he might end up being a slight disappointment. Am I still going to start him? Absolutely. A lot of people don't have an option here. Um, But I think that he still has a tough matchup, and I think that is getting overlooked slightly.
2: Yeah, I I wish it was an easier matchup, because otherwise it would be an absolute smash spot there. Let's get to a couple fantasy questions uh, before we let you go there, Steph. So this one coming in from at Tyrone 24 says, I have to need one of these two receivers, Gabe Davis, Jacoby Myers, and two running backs between A.J. Dillon, Eno Benjamin, and Naheem Hines, funny enough, from the, the Colts, now a Buffalo. Oh um, it's a tough one this week, he says. Thanks in advance. So yeah. let's start with the wide receivers. Gabe Davis or Jacoby Myers? And stuff. with me, I kind of, and you mentioned sort of last year trends and stuff, I'm kind of conditioned to think Jacoby Myers doesn't score touchdowns in his terrible at fantasy. But when you look, Not last couple case. weeks have been pretty good.
0: Not the case. He's actually been playing fantastic. Um, And I think that he's That mean target there. I prefer the running backs on that team. But again, like you're so used to thinking, Oh, don't start Jacoby Myers. There's something to it. My problem is with Gabe Davis. And it's funny because I got a question that was exactly like this on my show this week. And my issue with Gabe Davis is wherever you took him in the draft was probably a little bit higher than uh, most people would have been comfortable with. And he can get you a ridiculous amount of points in two plays. He does not need a lot. It's very hard for me to say, don't start Gabe Davis. if you want to play it safe? I think that Jacoby Myers is a, is a little bit higher of a safe option. Like I don't want to say, but Gabe Davis's floor, I think is just where, what could happen in that game. I lean Gabe Davis here.
2: Yeah, it, it's you're, you're totally right where it's like, man, it's so tantalizing and people because of that tr- historic playoff performance, is I know. still ridiculous. And, he he does and, and Jacoby does give that safer floor. So it depends on your risk tolerance. Now, when we look at the running back, this is this is ugly for our, our friend uh, mm-hmm. NF Tyrone 24 here. AJ Dillon and Green Bay, the Packers. You yes. know Benjamin, who I, I kind of have a soft spot for with the Cardinals, but he hasn't necessarily popped. And Naheem Hines, to me, I'm wiping Naheem Hines uh, right off. A nice real-life piece, fantasy-wise. Yeah. We can't count on Naheem Hines.
0: Yeah, I think my lean here, like, automatically is actually A.J. Dillon. And while I think that the Packers have been very disappointing, I think A.J. Dillon has definitely been disappointing. I can imagine that wherever you drafted him, you are not happy with the performance you are getting. But they are playing the Detroit Lions, who give up a ton, a ton of points to their opposing running back. So I lean A.J. Dillon here. Uh, The Seahawks are... Not bad against the run there. So uh, I I think I would lean AJ Dillon. Is Eno probably safer? Probably. But we're starting to get over the hump here. So let's go for some points. Let's try to let's get nuts. Let's, let's, yeah, let's go. Let's get weird <laughs> with it. <laughs> you're not in a good spot anyway. So you're kind of throwing darts regardless. <laughs> yeah.
2: you you're, Yeah. If you're in a dart throw thing, you, you, if you pick Hind, you're getting six points. You might as well go get, get a she little crazy. Start. Let's go. With, let's go. go with let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's do one more. At, okay. uh, from at Robert F. Gray, one was offered a trade. So, trade question here.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, Taylor. So, I, I believe Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. McLaurin, and DJ Moore for Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Swift. Here's the twist Keeper League, and I cannot keep Justin Jefferson after this season, would have to keep Jonathan Taylor. This is a lot of moving parts here. So, Jonathan Taylor, McLaurin, DJ Moore for Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift. Rob has to keep uh, Taylor if he if he gets him uh, and cannot keep Justin Jefferson. That's a lot I going keep, on.
0: Yeah, it is a lot going on. So I do think people are writing off Taylor a little bit too yeah. quickly. Like yeah. he was getting drafted as the, the overall running back once in some places, the 101 entirely depending on the league that you're in and who you're playing against. So I think everyone's a little quick to just write him off. I obviously, everyone knows, very, that does follow me, very big Justin Jefferson fan. Well, he has been slightly disappointing, not scoring as many touchdowns as we would have hoped, I think the Vikings will get hot. McLaurin and DJ Moore are interesting pieces because I think a lot of their production comes from who is throwing them the ball. I'm torn here, and DeAndre Swift is not quite living up to what we wanted. What side would I go here? Yeah, Jeez. I might, I might lean the I'm leaning the Jonathan Taylor side because you couldn't keep J.
2: Right, right. You, and the thing is, too, I would rather err on the side of the, uh, the running back, the RB one, because you're right. What? Well, it's an ankle. We're not talking. He's not blowing out uh, the significant right. joints or anything like that. For he didn't forget how to be a good running back. The Colts can readjust, and longer term, you can do it. And then for your guy Justin Jefferson, and I'm a big. I loved. I love Jefferson. Yes, I think that addition of TJ Hawkinson, real Isn't life and fantasy wise, huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, absolutely, I, like Adam Thielen, you could—he's not really a threat anymore. KG Osborne, mm-hmm. I like, but he couldn't. Now you have Hawkinson, right. and now you can get. I think Jefferson's going to pop. With yeah,
0: this and you look at right, like people for are so quick to be like, oh, JT's, but blah blah blah. Also, Saquon and CMC have come back and proven to be able to just still be an elite talent. JT can still do that. So. Is it right now probably a little bothersome to make this trade? Because you're like, you might not get that much out of JT. You can keep him next year. Um, I'm all for it. So I think I like the JT side.
2: Steph, you've been super uh, considerate with your time. Thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you, hear you, watch all that good stuff.
0: Yes, you guys can find me over at Champions Round. We also are an app. You like gambling we have a ton of fun micro betting games over there you guys can find me on twitter at stephi smalls with three l's constantly posting my stuff and again you can find all everything over at champion drum
2: you do a great job steph thank you so much let's do it again soon See ya. all right there she is steph smalls great insight there i got a couple more fantasy plays for you before we say goodbye everybody so uh, as we said dion jackson so some news dion jackson in for Jonathan Taylor. Not a great matchup, but he's there. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both out for the Chargers. Josh Palmer's the play there. A guy I really like. We talked a little bit about the Lions, but a guy I really like this week. Probably my top streaming play and uh, sh- on the waiver wire. Still available in 98%, people. 98% availability still in most leagues. Khalif Raymond and the Lions. Everyone wants to talk about Andre St. Brown? And you should. I love him, Andre St. Brown. DeAndre Swift, Khalif Raymond is the guy. Why? Well, because he has jumped over Josh Reynolds, who's also banged up, as the number two. He led the Lions in receiving yards last week. And TJ Hawkinson is gone to Minnesota, so he's going to get more opportunity. Khalif Raymond, if you are in bye week trouble, if you want a DraftKings play, a quick play there, who's cheap, I think he's 4000 bucks on DraftKings, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for DFS. makes a lot of sense for a, a desperation flex. If you are a quarterback, uh, I love Justin Fields on DraftKings. He's he's in that, that kind of third level pricing tier. So you can pop him in and save some money on your DraftKings lineup. Then go, you know, go some bigger stars, whatever, uh, available still in about either 42% in Yahoo leagues, about 40, uh, 40% in ESPN leagues. Here's why, here's why I like Justin Fields face in Miami. He's given up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, 166 rushing yards. Miami's given up to Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So I like him there. He's had seven total touchdowns in his past four, uh, 76.7 rushing yards over his past three. And you get chase Claypool. Now, how much room does chase Claypool get this week? Hard to say, but I think eventually uh, those two can connect and, and have a really nice one, two young athletic impact. That's just Justin Fields, this guy where he can throw it up and say, go get him. Claypool, you can match him up, line him up anywhere. We've seen the flashes, and you get fields ascending right now over the last three weeks. So more confidence, more play time for uh, Claypool. I'm sure he's going to be the top target. Well, so they got? Mooney. By by the way, I told you preseason, don't go for Darnell Mooney. Hopefully some of you listen. Get your questions in on Twitter, at AndyMC81. You can use hashtag AskAndy for fantasy, for betting. Remember, the sick podcast with me, Andy McNamara, talking Cleveland Browns. Fantasy football and betting every Tuesdays and Fridays, right here on the Sick Media Network. So make sure you're giving the podcast a follow as well at Sick Pod Browns. That'll do it, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Browns fans, we get to relax, watch some football. We'll be back Tuesday and start getting ready for the Dolphins. We'll see you next week. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Andy
1: McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.